The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, here to preview the final division of our six division previews for the upcoming NBA season. We saved maybe the most intriguing one for last. It's the Atlantic Division today. And joining me, as usual, to help me break down this division, first, you guys know him as the man in the studio just crushing it all over SGPN, co-host of the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the Tennis Gambling Podcast, on the Fantasy Football Podcast, and of course, the voice on the NBA Gambling Podcast as well. It's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, how are you feeling today, my man? They're doing pretty well. Uh, I know that this division should be very entertaining, to say the least. I also know that my team plays in this division, so I'll try to avoid any personal biases, but we'll see. Either way, it should be fun. Looking forward to it. And also joining us, you guys know him better as the villain, the villainy. It's the cape is starting to come out a little bit, but it's my main man, Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, what's going on, brother? I see now you're a baseball handicapper too, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome <laughs> to welcome to the Atlantic Division preview, where the players play and where we ride on things like every day. Big beats hit the streets, the gangsters roaming, and the parties don't stop till 8 in the morning. Hey, between the Atlantic Division, between me being a baseball handicapper, between me cussing Moon off out because we don't buy capes, we don't wear capes, capes get caught in, like, jets, (laughs) and you Mm -hmm. get sucked into a jet and destroyed, so we don't wear capes. No capes. No capes. All heroes don't wear capes. Some villains do, not all heroes, but we are here. I'm ready. What's going on, fellas? Hey, man, we're about, what, a few days away from the NBA season. It's, it's going to be six exciting, days. man. Yeah, six days away till opening night. Uh, hopefully we can crush it again like we did last season. But, yeah, one more division, guys, left for us to preview here. Um, a division close to Scott, like you mentioned, his team is in this division. We'll discuss them. Um, but let's just – Dive right into it, gentlemen. Let's just uh, start off there with the Boston Celtics, a team that last season made it all the way to the NBA Finals in that Eastern Conference, fell uh, short against the Golden State Warriors. Um, some off-season roster moves that they did make, they brought in Malcolm Brogdon over from the Indiana Pacers. They also did bring in Gallinari, but I think he is abs- uh, going to be gone for the season with a, a knee injury. Uh, Derek White, they picked up at the trade deadline yes, uh, last yesterday, last season as well. And you have the return of, obviously, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and uh, Jalen Brown on this roster, as well as Grant Williams. They also signed one of Scott's favorite players, uh, Blake Griffin, on a one-year deal. But I think the bigger news for this team over the past couple weeks was the um, news about their head coach, Emilio Doka, who is serving a one-year suspension from the team with some uh, allegations within the organization. But um, once we did preview this team back on August 25th, their win total was sitting at 54 and a half guys. And now it's down to 52 and a half because of the reasons that I just mentioned. There are still the odds on favorite for uh, the division title at plus 135. 
For them to make the playoffs is at minus 3,500, and for them to miss is at 14 to 1. Terrell, let me start with you on the Boston Celtics. Um, I know last season you weren't very high on this team <laughs> and maybe thought they were uh, not, or maybe pretenders, I think is the correct word I'm looking for. But what are your thoughts? on Boston coming into the season after everything that they've kind of dealt with, with their head coach, Ime Yodoga, uh, and some of the roster moves that they have made coming into the season. I mean, eh, you still had the same issues in Boston. I mean, there's nothing, all this Ime Yodoka stuff, and you talk about the interim coach coming in and all the offseason moves, they didn't address nothing that, you know, we were talking about. And the big thing is that here we are picking up where we left off, Robert Williams is not available to start the season. Yeah. Who is replacing Robert Williams? Who is going to be that presence inside? They're a completely different team when he's in the lineup and when he's out the lineup. And so now they have to go and figure out how they're going to do another season without him in the lineup or him coming in and out of that lineup. So I don't think that this is going to be a good regular season. Well, I'm not going to say good. It's going to be a good regular season for him. But to the tune of 52, 54 wins, no, absolutely not. I'm going to fade this team. I think I do like the pieces they brought in and mm-hmm. bringing in Malcolm Brogdon. And I'm not going to talk about the Blake Griffin, but I think Malcolm Brogdon is somebody that can add value to this team and just give them some more depth. That was really my big issue with them. They don't have a lot of depth. Well, now this team looks a lot de- deeper and Sam Hauser looks like that. He's possibly taking a step into getting into this lineup and actually contributing minutes this year. So, Hey, I mean, We'll see. Just let's just go ahead and throw this out here out there that Jason Tatum beat the quote unquote starters with Noah Vonley, with Sam House. No, Sam Hauser was on the other team with Peyton Pritchard, with uh, some other Blake Griffin. The fact that he won a scrimmage with Blake Griffin on his team is very shocking in itself. So, you know, the Celtics hate is still going to come for me this year. I'm not going to like them. There's certain spots I like them, other spots I won't. But We'll see. We'll see from them. I don't think that they hit this one total. Yeah, I should have mentioned the Robert Williams injury. Uh, like you mentioned there, Terrell, he went uh, underwent arthroscopic knee surgery. This was back on September 23rd, and the Celtics announced that he will resume basketball activities in about 8 to 12 weeks. So we'll miss a good portion, at least in the beginning of that's the three season. Months. Yeah, three months at minimum. Um, and Christmas. that's just like we're, yeah. we're thinking Christmas, maybe. Yeah, and that's just resuming basketball activities in 12 weeks. That's not up to getting up to game speed and uh, all that good stuff. But, Scott, Boston Celtics uh, coming into this season, what are your thoughts on this team? So I think this team is still going to be pretty good, but the issue is I think Robert Williams's impact on really just the defensive side of the ball is just too much to fully quantify. I think that he's really that good of a defensive player especially for rim protection. Now, the team I do think is still good enough to win, I don't know, let's just say 47 games or something like that. Like, I think they still could finish as a top five, top four seed in the East. But you have a brand new coach, uh, not because you exactly wanted to, but you didn't exactly have a choice. I'm not sure if the new guy can coach, which is one concern. And plus, I like Brogdon as a player when he's on the court. The issue is he's never on the court. And if you look at his overall games played for the last couple of seasons, really since his <laughs> rookie year, he's missed a bunch of time. And to go through his time with Indiana, played 54 games in the 1920 season. Uh, then he played 56 games in the 2021 season. And then 36 games last year in the 21-22 season. He misses a ton of time 
all the time. And I feel like when you bring in a guy who's supposed to be a huge piece to your team, both offensively and defensively, mostly as being a solid ball handler who can also give you some defensive versatility, and yet you're already penciling him in for, what, 25 games missed in any given season? Sure. That's going to definitely hurt the win total. So for me, I'm going to go with the under. If Williams was healthy to start the year, I probably would consider an over since mm-hmm. I do like the fact this total dropped. But I think he's so valuable. And since he's going to be with, he's going to be missing at least three months, maybe yeah. more, as you said before, Munaf, that's just resuming basketball activities or starting right. up basketball activities. He yeah. could have setbacks. He could have some growing pains or some actual limitations with his minutes leading up to a ramp up, which could take potentially four months for that to happen. I think Robert Williams is too valuable defensively for this team, and I think his absence will be noticed. I'm going with the under. I still think this team's going to end up doing pretty well. They're not going to fall off a cliff. Give me somewhere around 47 wins, but I think 52 and a half sounds high. I'm going with the under. Yeah, last season, this team ended up with 51 wins um, in that Eastern Conference. They finished up, I believe, as the number two seed um, right behind. uh, Let me double check this. Miami. Yeah, Miami. But they were the two or the three? Yeah, they were two. They were were the two because Milwaukee punted home court, and we didn't understand why they punted home court. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I got it. So, yeah, there's three teams last year that finished with 51 wins. Uh, The Celtics were one, the Bucks, and then the Sixers. Um, And and like, uh, you know, Terrell said, Miami Heat finished up as a number one seed, which he absolutely crushed last season, uh, 53 and 29 as a number one seed. So, yeah, I think that this, you guys hit the nail on the head with not having Robert Williams for at least, let's say, three to four months at minimum. You know, we saw what this guy is capable of doing, especially on the defensive end. We saw it in the playoffs. Um, and I think that's going to be an area of concern for this team. And, you know, we talked about the Al Horford stuff. And, yeah, they added some good depth, especially at the guard positions. But at the end of the day, you still have to defend, right? And I think if there's not a rim protector on this team, um, you know, the opposition – i.e. Giannis is just probably going to get whatever he wants and guys like that getting to the basket at will. Kevin Durant, those type of guys are going to be able to get to the basket at will against this Boston Celtics team. And again, I wanted to ask you guys, I don't want to spend dwell too much time on it, but how much do you think of a distraction? Is this going to be a distraction with the whole M.A. Udoka stuff or, hey, he's gone for the year, let's move past it, let's go out and play basketball. Do you think there's any effect of that on this team going into the season, Terrell? I don't think it's an effect. I think that, but honestly, I think the team is laughing about it. I think okay. that, honestly, I would be very surprised if he told me that anybody on that team didn't already know. Like, sure. they, like there was people that didn't already know what happened. I'm sure people already knew. They had their suspicions. They had their thoughts. And, you know, when it just got brought to light, they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I told you that, you know, they, he and so-so. Uh. So I think that it's just <laughs> locker room talk. I don't think it's got anything to do with this season. Okay. And... I'm still I'm not going to say I'm out on Emei Doke as a coach. I think he's a pretty good head coach, but I'm not saying that his presence is going to be missed a lot. Like this team is really, really talented. And if they just get somebody that just steer the ship in the right direction, they'll be fine. Scott, you got anything to add to that? I think that it's not exactly a huge, huge deal unless the replacement coach has no idea what it's doing. what he's doing. I feel like a lot of the actual evaluation of this team without Udoka is going to come down to comparison. You got to find out if the replacement is a decent coach or not. And if he turns out to be a terrible coach, then suddenly you're going to notice it. It's going to be a big deal. 
But if the replacement comes in and they kind of hit the ground running or they look like the same team as last year, then I don't think it's necessarily that big of a deal. So I don't think it's a big deal in terms of a distraction. I think that it only is going to present itself as a serious concern if there's a massive discrepancy in coaching talent between Udoka and his replacement for the following season. That's and you got to peep that you got to peep that coaching talent too because it, it's not always results based. Like you can't sit here and say that you know, oh, he didn't get back to the finals. He's not as good a coach as Udoka. Like the, the bar is set high. The bar is sure. set super high. You can't just set the bar super high and expect you know now next year it's going to be a championship. I'm sure some Boston trolls are in my mentions. Like, nah, it's championship this year. No, I don't know, but. It's going to be tough to try to live up to what Ime did in that first year, especially that second half of the season. But I think that now the goal is, hey, let's just try to be consistent over the course of the entire year instead of picking it up when it means most. I mean, realistically, when you make it to a finals, your goal is to always going to be making it back and winning the whole thing. Having said that, I thought the Celtics were, let's just say, fortunate to get the Bucks with no Middleton for a seven-game series, and they still won yeah. seven games. So I think that mm-hmm. definitely helped out. And Miami was also a little bit banged up and Boston still went to seven and they won that one too. But I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't really know if I can judge this entire team because of all the coaching circumstances based on the actual ends. And I feel like it depends on how sharp this team looks in general, because, you know, there's a classic cliche, the ends don't always justify the means. And I feel like you can talk about how Boston was a bit fortunate about how some of the star teams in the Eastern Conference got injured around playoff time. It's part of the sport, but I have to at least acknowledge it. I think it's more about just in-game decision-making and the rotations. I'm not going to judge the Celtics based on if they win the title or not. I'm going to judge them based on if I think Udoka is really an elite-level coach or if the replacement guy can come in and at least try to channel anything of positivity from last year. If they can do that, then I still think they'll be able to hang on and do pretty well. If not, and if Udoka was really the secret to them performing well, they might fall off a cliff. I think that's really the story for me. It depends on how good the replacement coach is. Yeah, I think we'll maybe find that out in the first couple of weeks, um, you know, once the season does start for the Boston Celtics. But you guys have anything else you want to get off your chest about this Boston Celtics team here, Terrell? No, I mean, everybody know my feelings. Like I said, I'm on the, <laughs> I'm on the under and we'll see how they do ATS this year. Yeah, I'm on the under as well. I, I got this at 54 and a half earlier. I still like it at the current number as well. I'll still go under that number of uh, currently sitting at 52 and a half, I believe, over on win uh, bet. Uh, Scott, anything else you want to mention for this uh, Boston Celtics team? Yeah, I'm on the under as well. Just something you mentioned quickly at the last minute. You talked about how you know there might be some growing pains involved with the head coach, and we'll see what happens. Maybe it'll take them some time in order to get going. Mm-hmm. It took Udoka time to get going. We saw them blow, what, a 20-something point lead to the Knicks? You had the yeah. R.J. Barrett-Bankton three-pointer, and then the Celtics flipped the switch after that. But the point is, for the first, what, like 30-something games, the Celtics really weren't that good? And then suddenly... Literally the first half of the season. Like, after, after, like, the, All-Star after break. the All-Star break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just went bonkers. So the point is, first 30, 40 games, we've seen the Celtics get off to slow starts, even with Udoka. And I'm curious if the same thing will happen with a brand new, inexperienced head coach. If that's the case and they start off the year 15 and 15 
it's very difficult to win 50-something games. Yeah, I mean, if you kind of just look at their schedule, uh, their first, I'll just say their first five games, they have Philly on opening night. They go to Miami, to Orlando, to Chicago, and then they have Cleveland uh, within their first five games. Would it, and would it that, shock you if they go two and three there? Probably not. No, it wouldn't. Not not at all. I think they dropped that first game, especially uh, in game uh, that first game against Philadelphia. Uh, for sure, but we'll talk about that next week. All right, uh, before we get over to the next team in this uh, Atlantic division, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, Win. Thinking of joining WinBet now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet, plus the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Looking to join Win's Biggest Winners Club? Whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds-wise gets a $1,000 free bet. Last week, Someone turned a $6 parlay into a $4,000 plus cash out on that parlay, and they got a $1,000 free bet. Win bet is truly hashtag DGENs only. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older in a state where playthrough win bet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, guys, let's get over to the next team in this division. It's going to be a team that we talked about at volumes uh, in the offseason, which was the Brooklyn Nets. Last season, uh, the Brooklyn Nets ended up with a record of – let me double-check that here – 2021 – the Brooklyn Nets were 44 and 38 coming into this season on August 25th. When we did do the pod, their win total was sitting at 51 and a half. That number is now still or sits down two by two wins at 49 and a half for this Brooklyn Nets team. They are the second favorite in this Atlantic division at plus 185 for them to make the playoffs minus 200 uh, sorry minus 2000 and for them to miss the playoffs it's sitting at 10 to 1 guys we talked a lot about you know the whole Kevin Durant trade request and rescinded it he said he's going to play with the Brooklyn Nets same thing with the Kyrie situation Kyrie is going to be back with his team as well Ben Simmons uh, has been cleared for basketball activities he's been playing in practices and look this roster on paper doesn't look that bad at all you have Steve Nash back as the head coach, and I know you guys picked up some uh, NBA fun or NBA championship tickets when that whole deal of the Kevin Durant trade request was going on with the whole you know Kyrie Irving situation as well. But all of that is in the past now. This team is ready to commit for this season, at least with the Brooklyn Nets. Scott, let me start with you on the Brooklyn Nets. I know this is your team coming into the season. You have obviously Kevin Durant back, Kyrie Irving. You have Ben Simmons. Uh, Joe Harris is back for this team as well. They added some pieces in the offseason as well. Seth Curry, I think, is still a ways away from rejoining this team. But again, another shooter to have around guys like Kyrie Irving and uh, Kevin Durant on this team. What are your thoughts about this team coming into the season and maybe their championship aspirations for this upcoming year? I think this team is intriguing on paper. The issue is the games aren't played on paper. I'm going with the under just based on win total. There's too much uncertainty for me and even though I do think this team could best case scenario maybe challenge some other teams for a shot at the NBA finals if everything clicks the problem is 
everything clicking seems like an let's just call it improbable. I don't see that happening. Simmons, even though he's been playing preseason, he's been okay. I think that's a good way to put it. He's looked somewhat similar to what he used to look like, but he still can't shoot, can't hit free throws, uh, doesn't really look great offensively, but that was expected. The thing is, I do have some question marks about the overall durability of this team, whether it involves Simmons, who hasn't played in about a year, Durant, who's missed a decent amount of time since his original injury that he had with the Warriors. He's missed a bunch of time, and I feel like people don't talk about it. And Kyrie, even though last year he ended up missing a lot of games for non-injury purposes, he has missed a lot of games in his career because of injuries. He's in a contract year, so you wonder if Kyrie's going to actually be focused for the entire 82 But I'm looking at the issue of having three players, really the main two of Katie and Kyrie, who have had injury issues their entire careers. And I think that when you're looking at a win total with an underwhelming head coach in Steve Nash and with Ben Simmons being this X factor that people want to believe in, but you haven't seen enough of yet where you can fully believe in him, there's too many question marks for me, not to mention the chemistry concerns. I'm going with the under. I think they'll make the playoffs. But I see this team being basically a five or a six seed and then hoping the gel right before the playoffs. Give me the under. I think this team probably wins closer to 46 games, but I'll go with the under. Does it still concern you? I mean, last season, I know a lot of it. We talked about how they were just absolutely atrocious on the defensive end. I know they picked up Royce O'Neal uh, on the perimeter, at least. It Didn't seems we, like they- roast, we roasted O'Neal the entire year in the regular season because we thought he wasn't <laughs> very good with Utah. Yeah, and now he's we on your him. roster. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, am I missing something? Like, didn't we roast O'Neal the entire Very season? Very interesting. Very interesting. Why, Why would we do that? Utah? Why would Utah do that? Yeah. <laughs> Throw out thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets coming to this year, my man. So you were going to yeah. ask me something about the defense. No, I was just going to add defensively. I know last year, especially early on, we were handicapping game by game that Brooklyn was just absolutely atrocious on the defensive end. It doesn't seem like they really did a lot maybe to address it. I thought – Maybe bringing in Royce, Royce O'Neal would help, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on, at least defensively for this team? Again, Ben Simmons is always in that conversation, when healthy on the floor, uh, being one of the better defensive players who can maybe guard the best player on the opposing team. But what are your thoughts about this team defensively coming into this year? Because we know what they can do offensively. Me or Terrell? Uh, both of you guys. I'll, I'll start with you, Scott. I think that it's addition by subtraction. Uh, of course, Simmons is the addition who's supposed to be a very good defensive player. I think the main adjustment they're going to make, they told Drummond to take a hike and they're going to give Claxton more minutes. And sure. I feel like we saw how good Claxton was defensively. The issue was since I was there in game four in the building, Claxton started about 0 for 10 from the foul line. And now you're putting him in the same lineup as Simmons. It's going to be a disaster at the free throw line. I'll tell you that much. I'm currently, tweeting, I'm currently tweeting DraftKings as we speak. And asking them, can they please put the line back up of Ben Simmons' first free throw result? I have <laughs> I have quoted Winbet in that as well. And I am just sitting here waiting, see if anybody will bite. Because, man, I need that prop. I need that prop back. He's going to miss that free throw. I know he is. I know it in my heart he's going to miss it. I still want to know what you're going to do when he banks in the first free throw. I mean, nothing because nobody's giving me odds on it. I yeah, can't do anything fair. because nobody's giving me odds yeah. on it. 
It was such a oh man, it was plus money. It was plus money for a no. Come on now. Come on. Now if yeah, if yes was plus money, I might take yes just because it's plus money. But it was plus money for no. Come on. He's he's not making that free throw. But uh, Munaf, just to address yeah. that, I think it's mostly I think it's mostly just giving Claxon more minutes. It seems like they okay. let Drummond take a hike because they didn't want him. And now Drummond's a what is he, a three point expert based on uh, the preseason? I was just gonna me- I was just gonna but, mention that that he added a three point shot to his uh allegedly, arsenal. allegedly he he added a three point shot, Could but you went like three for three and from three in the last preseason game or something like Drummond. Andre so, Drummond, like yeah, he went he went three one, for three. The one that was dating Sam the Cat, he has a three point shot. Andre Drummond, anything Drummond. is possible. Well, well he was dating Sam. Anything's possible. Not Sam and Cat, but yeah, still. But either way, uh, <laughs> point point is, I do think that the Nets will be a decent defensive team. They'll be better, but when you have Simmons and Claxton on the court together for thirty plus minutes a game, yeah. the final actual five should not have Claxton in it because you're probably going to use Simmons or KD at center. Yeah, yeah. But for most of the game, you're going to have two players who don't have many offensive skills when they have the ball in their hands in terms of creating their own shot, and they cannot get fouled because they will miss every free throw. So I think you're going to have problems midway through the game trying to organize Simmons and Claxton together, and I'm curious if they break them up as a result. Point is there's a lot of lineup construction they're going to have to make. A lot of growing pains. Give me the win total under. I think it's going to be a work in progress. If this team doesn't make it to at least the Eastern Conference Finals, is this the last season we see Steve Nash as a head coach? There's no guarantee he makes it through the season. You're looking at a spot where yeah. if the Nets are around 500 through two months, we know KD doesn't want him. Yeah. I think there's a chance they end up pulling the trigger and getting somebody else. So I think Nash should have been fired already. I think that they kept him around because they wanted to maintain some stability. Mm-hmm. And I think that Durant, he was wrong about a lot of things. I think he was right about wanting to get rid of Steve Nash. But I think if things go badly or mediocre for the first couple of months, Nash won't make it to the playoffs. That's where I stand. But I don't know what Terrell thinks about the entire team. Terrell, let's get your thoughts on this Brooklyn Nets team coming into this new year. I mean, I'm not as... Uh pessimistic as yeah, Scott. I would say I have to be. Well, Scott, yes. yeah, Scott has to take his bias out of yeah, it. Yeah, yes, but I'm 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 not as pessimistic about them. I actually do think they cover over this win so I think they have a pretty decent season and luckily the thing about Ben Simmons is the thing that he doesn't need to do that he doesn't do well. You don't need him to do well. Like Ben Simmons doesn't have to go out there and drop 20 points for these team to win. He can go out there and literally not score. And this team could still be in a good position to win games. So I think that what Ben Simmons does well defensively, what he does being able to run the offense and get everybody to their spots and being able to sometimes slash the basket if he needs to. I think that he does a pretty good job of that. And I think that's going to be a really good addition to this team. We talk about, uh, this team being healthy with Joe Harris and Seth Curry on the outside. So that's going to be a good addition. I really do like Claxton coming into that starting lineup. And I like Sharp behind him as yeah. a big body, especially with somebody that was able to get some some reps last year in his first season. I think that this could be, you know, a little bit of a stepping forward for Sharp to be one of those good backup big men in the league. And then we talk about T.J. Warren coming in as well and just the length he adds, the shot ability that he adds. A healthy T.J. Warren coming off the bench for this team is really going to make this squad deep and it's going to make them formidable for throughout the entire season. So I think that they'll have a pretty solid regular season. I Steve Nash coaching isn't going to come into question for me until the playoffs. I think the regular season is going to be a good one. 
Yeah, we haven't mentioned Patty Mills' name on this roster. Who's going to be kind of yeah. be that second point uh, backup point guard for this team? Another veteran guy um, mm-hmm. that returns to this team as well. As well as you know, maybe even Cam Thomas gets some run. They also added Marquise Morris to this roster as well. So yeah, I mean, on I'm paper, still the art of Bruce Brown. Personally, I'm still salty about that. Yeah, that, that he went over to Denver. Right? He was so cheap, though. Yeah, it was a bargain and a half. I, I still think he needs to fire his agent, but the, Denver got a steal uh, with that signing. And to be honest, even though I like Patty Mills, I thought they should have went for Bruce Brown uh, mm. more. In my opinion, I thought that he was a higher priority because of his defensive versatility. Yeah. And Mills, they tried in the playoffs. They threw him and Curry out there together against the Celtics. And what do you think was going to happen? They got absolutely torched defensively because they had two really small guards guarding the likes of Tatum and Brown on every switch. Now Simmons is going to come in, which is going to help you because he gives you the length and the actual, I'd say, defensive versatility you need. But you're looking at the likes of Katie, who I love as a player, gets injured all the time from what we've seen. You're looking at Kyrie, who I'm hoping stays healthy, knock on wood, because it is a contract year, but we'll see. Simmons hasn't played in over a year, and you mentioned Warren, who I really like the signing. They got him for a minimum. He hasn't played in what since the bubble? He hasn't played in two years. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, was that? Yeah, no, he has. Yeah, oh. he played that season after a couple of games, and that was it. Yeah, Warren didn't play many games last yeah, year, if right. any. So the point is, there's a lot of injury concern with this team based on just past history, and for that reason, I'm going to lean to the under because I think that. You're banking on a lot of guys to stay healthy who historically have not done a great job at staying healthy. And for that reason, I'm going to lean to the under. Yeah, I think, I mean, last season with, you know, Kyrie being in and out of the lineup and the injuries that they, this team had, they still finished up with 44 wins. And they also for a decent amount of this. Yeah. Season. Yeah. And I, I, we know we kind of talked about the additions that they did make in addition to my subtraction as well as to what you mentioned there, uh, Scott. With you know Andre Drummond being gone in Claxton there now you have Ben Simmons so you know at least Simmons a great defensive player as well I think there's a team that can get 50 wins I do I think that if they're able to number one you know health is always a question with any uh, any teams in any sport but when you have a a motivated Kevin Durant you know Kyrie's going to be on the floor and I like I think I like the surrounding piece of the depth that this team has I think this is a team that can be a top four seed as well and get and get that 50 get to the 50 wins. So I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to agree with Terrell on this team. Um, I'm going to go over 49 and a half uh, for the Brooklyn Nets coming into this year. But anything else, Scott, you want to mention for the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, maybe any championship aspirations you may or may not be feeling for this team? Uh, the championship aspirations I have were getting a great line with Terrell during the offseason. But when it comes to the actual realistic nature of that, at least desire for me to win a title, I don't think they're beating Milwaukee. I think you can make a case saying this team has all of the pieces once again on paper to be that team. The problem is, do I think Steve Nash is the guy to maximize that potential in a seven-game playoff series? I do not. So for that reason, I'm going to say their ceiling in my eyes is the Eastern Conference Finals, and you hope you don't face Milwaukee. But we've seen Giannis kill this team every single meeting for the last three, four years. I don't see that changing, especially with Middleton and Holiday being healthy. I guess the one argument to play counter uh, is the fact that the main chance they had to win a title, it really wasn't Nash's fault that 
Uh, you ended up having Harden get hurt and Kyrie yeah. got hurt, and you mm-hmm. were up 2 nothing against Milwaukee with a shot to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I can't blame Nash for that. And you could argue the personnel wasn't great against Boston, especially for that matchup last year. So I don't know if I can fully blame Nash for how the last two postseasons ended up unfolding, but I've watched him coach on a game-in, game-out basis. He leaves a lot to be desired. Let's put it that way. Terrell, any final thoughts for the Brooklyn Nets? No, not really. <laughs> uh, Terrell, right, I just want to cash this ticket. That's really it. Yeah, he's got that that uh, locked up in a safe in, in his briefcase somewhere. That oh, I'm just waiting for. Buy. I'm waiting for them to be the one seed. When they're the one seed, I'm selling that ticket. They're going to be the one seed at some point in this season. I'm almost fairly confident in that. And it may only be for a week, but they're going to be the one seed at some point. And as soon as that happens, I'm cashing out. I think they'll win a playoff series, so I'd probably sell it after the first round. But do I think they're going to have a hard time with Miami? And as sure like Boston or Milwaukee, yes, I think they'll have a problem. Oh, first round sounds good. All right, getting over to the next team in this division, it's going to be the Philadelphia Sixers slash the Rockets. Um, they come in with a win total, which was at 49 and a half back, back on August 25th when we did that preview pod. That number is currently sitting at 52 and a half over on win bet they're three to one to win this division uh they are minus one thousand to make the playoffs and plus 650 to miss the playoffs um you get the return of james harden on this roster healthy james harden a slim james harden joel Embiid obviously back tyrese max he's going to be that starting point guard for this team as well tobias harris they did add pj tucker to this roster as well d'anthony milton comes over from the um the Memphis Grizzlies. Also, you added Daniel House Jr., former teammate of uh, James Harden, as well as P.J. Tucker, obviously. And also, they added Montrez Harrell to this uh, roster as well to kind of maybe that be that backup uh, for Joel Embiid. Last season, this team, I think, again, a injured James Harden was kind of what derailed them in the playoffs last season. Uh, Joel Embiid had an MVP caliber year last year as well. Uh, another year under Doc Rivers. Tyrese Maxey is taking significant strides as being one of the more you know improved players in this league. And he's going to be a lot of fun to watch this upcoming season. But Terrell, let me start with you on the Philadelphia 76ers slash the Rockets here. Um, obviously, you get another season with James Harden, Joel Embiid. Uh, and the, I think you can throw Tyrese Maxey into those that bucket of names right there as well. But what are your thoughts on the Sixers coming into this year? Uh, I have no idea what to think about the Philadelphia Rockets. I just, this team is, I mean, I think they're good. I think they're good there. This is another situation where I don't, I don't like doc as a coach. Like he's literally just the dad and just goes out there and says, all right, boys, don't let me down. And then lets them just go play ball. And that's kind of it. So um, in terms of his win total, I think I lean and over because we just sit here and we talk about the injury issues that they've had in the past. And if you can lock that in, then I think that this is a, you know, well-blown over. And I think Joel Embiid is probably going for that MVP that he felt like he was kind of snuffed out of last year. And it just wasn't his fault that Jokic literally topped his MVP season. So they had no other choice, but to give it to him. And so if you have who I feel like is, has a pretty good case of being the MVP this year. I have to assume that you're going to go over this win total because, I mean, he's not going to be an MVP if you don't. Yeah, I mean, last year, the way that, I mean, both of those guys were playing down the stretch, right? 
Jokic for I mean not even down the stretch but I think for the entire season it was really just Embiid and Jokic for that MVP last year and you know unfortunately I think that we had a that, sprinkle we had a sprinkle of Ja in there for about two weeks we had a sprinkle yeah. of Damar in there for about a month like we sprinkled other guys in there but it was really those two I don't know yeah, who last, he is but it wasn't it wasn't me I'll tell you that much it wasn't me <laughs> who had a sprinkle on any of those guys. <laughs> Yeah, last season they were MVP. definitely MVP candidates for like. Yeah, a week. People mentioned Booker as well. It depends. Yeah, Booker. Oh yeah, sprinkle of Booker was. I thought in there. it was a two was horse like a race. It was like I thought a week. It was a, I thought it was a two horse race for candidates. three months. That's how I looked at it. I just thought it was a two horse race for literally the last three months. But people kept trying to make it interesting by throwing out new names who had no chance at all to win the actual race. I thought the right guy won it, but the point is, will Embiid be motivated enough to go out of his way to try to win that MVP or? Will he potentially play less games this year? Because he's been hurt his entire career and he was actually healthy last year. A lot of questions. Yeah, exactly. That he's going to be like motivated. I think he's just that good. Like he just walks it. He can walk into an MVP season like he's that good. But it's just is his body going to s- keep up? And that's the hard thing about handicapping this team. Because if you tell me John Beat is missing 25 games, I'm taking the under. But if yeah. you're telling me that he's going to stay a little bit north of that 25, maybe only miss 15, maybe 20, I feel confident about that. Well, I do want to yeah. ask you, though, who's healthy and more concerned about going into this season, Embiid or Harden? Embiid, 100%. Even, even 100% with the Embiid. recent years, uh, just of the fact that Harden's missed a bunch of time? Or yeah, I think James Harden's just unlucky. I think Embiid actually has a problem. Okay, just ask. Yeah, I, I think with Harden, I mean – and I keep referencing when he was with the Rockets, he was really durable, right? Now, I'm not sure if, if the Rockets just took the wheels off of Harden and, and eventually that, that injury bug was going to catch up to him. But I think that hamstring was just a lingering issue for him. And it seems like that that's all been worked out in the offseason, getting that time off. And, you know, saw the videos. We've seen the pictures all over social media in that practice that he's coming in shape. He's lost weight and, and he looks good. So I think that hamstring issue might be something that's on passing. But like Terrell just said, that even when Embiid came into this uh, into the league, since day one, he's had those issues, whether it's been knees or a back issue, whatever the case might have been for him. Last season, he had a career high in games played at 68. I mean, prior to that, he played 51 in each of the previous two seasons. I know we had a shortened season in one of those years, but last season, he finished up averaging 30, 30 and a half points. He averaged close to 12 rebounds per game. We're going to get that same production out of him. I'm not, I'm not sure. I think James Harden is going to be improved this year. I think Tyrese Maxey is going to be improved this year as well. So I don't know if, like Terrell mentioned, I don't know if he's going to want to go out for that MVP. I think they have bigger aspirations of trying to win a championship for the city of Philadelphia and the Sixers organization. Um, but Scott, thoughts on the the Sixers this upcoming year with the, with this roster that they've kind of constructed? I think that this is a classic Doc Rivers team, which means very good regular season, laying an egg in the playoffs, and you wonder where it went wrong. And It's really weird because Doc has so many career wins and he has been overrated for so long. And yet it seems like after the bubble choke, uh, it seems like after the bubble choke job, Mm -hmm. everyone completely pulled the 180 and kind of realized this guy kind of sucks. And now I feel like everyone thinks he's a terrible coach. You know what I mean? Like it really went from everyone on one side of the pedestal to the other side of the pedestal. And I don't think they're wrong. I think Doc Rivers is really not a great coach. And I think that when you're looking at him in the regular season, he does a good job of keeping his team motivated in a lot of, let's just say, meaningless games against bottom feeder competition. I'll give him props there. It seems like the 
teams that he coaches in the regular season beat the teams they should beat. That's usually what he excels in. The issue is when you have to face the same team potentially seven times in a row, he's going to get his ass just outcoached all the time. That's usually why he ends up getting burned. But in the regular season, I like this overall roster. I think that Embiid and Harden should work well whenever they're on the court together. The issue is I'm not sure how long. You said the number now is 52 and a half? Yeah, uh, currently over on Winbet, I see at 52 and a half. I think I have to like the over. I know when we did the initial win total, I was leaning under. I didn't feel great about it, but I've looked more into the team. I've looked. I've, I like what I've seen from Maxi in particular, yeah. who looks ready to absolutely just explode to be a phenomenal player. But since I'm low on the Celtics and since I'm lower on the Nets than both of you are, the wins have to come from somewhere in this division. So I'm going to go with Philly, actually. I kind of like the over. I thought about it, and I think this team is built – for a classic, like, 55 wins and an immediate laying of an egg in the second round of the playoffs. It's a classic just Doc Rivers situation for me. Yeah, I am going to go with the over. I'm going to hold my nose and hope that Embiid and Harden stay healthy together. Because if they do, this team should fly over. But I think they'll end up winning somewhere around 54. So I'm going to lean over, and I'll assume they'll lose again in the second round. Yeah, I think you guys are right. I, and especially Scott, what you just mentioned that this looks like a great regular season team as well, and just like the Rockets. Yeah, and do we trust Doc Rivers in the playoffs? I I don't, and I think I mentioned that at several times last season. Uh, with, with you know with Doc Rivers and the Sixers, I know they were you know riddled by injuries, and and James Harden had that hamstring issue that he was dealing with. But I, I'm really high on what you just said about Tyrese Maxey. I think that he's going to be in that conversation for most improved player of the year. Um, and he looks like he's just ready to take that next step forward for this team. So, um, yeah, I, I, I initially even at forty nine and a half, I, I like the uh, like the over for this team. But even right now at what fifty three and a half, I said, uh, sorry, fifty two and a half. Um, I, I think this this team does have the possibility of ending up as a number one or the number two seed uh, in that Eastern Conference. So, yeah, I will lean towards over on the Philadelphia Sixers as well. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention for this Sixers team or this roster uh, for this upcoming season here, Scott? Not really. It's mostly just expecting the usual from Doc Rivers, a good regular season team that probably sucks in the playoffs. I'm not sure if Harden's going to hold up for 82 plus, however many games are going to end up playing. So I think injuries are going to be a concern again, but you look at the roster on paper and they just scream good regular season team. And I think that they'll be motivated to put their best foot forward after how the playoffs ended last year. The problem was, even though with the injuries to Harden that we just talked about for the playoffs, they quit on their home floor in an elimination game. Yep. And that's the exact reason why I don't trust Doc Rivers. It's because when things go poorly, really, really poorly, he cannot rally the troops. And luckily for them... I'm not picking things to go badly in the regular season. I think that does happen in the playoffs. I think they're going to get exposed again. But until then, I'll lean to the over. I think they'll win a lot of regular season games. Terrell, anything else? No, no, I'm good. All right, uh, before we get over to the next team in this Atlantic division, let me tell you guys about Fubo TV. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K. At no extra charge, over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction 
of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV for free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader? Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all the major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all your games and betting activity. So to take advantage of this, all you got to do is go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. That's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, gentlemen, let's get over to the next team in this division, and that's going to be the Toronto Raptors. Uh, this number back in August on their win total was at 45 and a half, 45 and a half. I'm sorry. Um, current win total over on win bet. It's sitting at 47 and a half division odds for them to win it in the Atlantic division is at 13 to one for them to make the playoffs. Minus 265 and plus 210 for them to miss the playoffs. You know, we talked about the Raptors a lot last season and how Nick Nurse just loves to really play his starters 40-plus minutes a night. Last season, this team ended up as a five-seed um, with a record of 48-34. and 34. They were exactly 24-17, and 17, both on their home court and on the road last season. 30-22 uh, 30, 30 in the conference. And they were pretty good in their division as well at 10 and 6. Um, Terrell, let me start with you on the Toronto Raptors this uh, upcoming season. Scotty Barnes had a phenomenal uh, rookie campaign for this team. You know, Fred Van Vliet is back, obvious for this team. Not some, not a huge um, roster moves for, made for this team, but we know you talked a lot about this last season. So Nick Nurse just loves playing his starters, uh, uh, you know, heavy minutes led by, you know, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi. Uh, but what are your thoughts about this roster coming into this uh, new season uh, for the Toronto Raptors? Yeah, I'm I'm higher on the Toronto Raptors than anybody else, to be honest. They just had – they got killed by COVID early on in the season last year where it was like a month. It felt like that they weren't playing anybody. And this team is always – like it's always a good defensive team. Nick Nurse mm-hmm. is a great head coach. He's one of the – those coaches in the NBA that you say that that guy's got it. Like he's got it. He's always going to put a good team together and they're always going to be competitive. And so Scotty Barnes, I have down as one of my people to watch for most improve. I think that he can take a tremendous leap this year and play him more out of position instead of just kind of sticking to that forward role, kind of playing more of a point forward and running the offense, getting this offense moving. They come and they bring in, guys like Otto Porter, just to add a little bit more depth to that team. Their bench is going to be healthy this year. I'm I, I'm more optimistic about this team. I think that a couple of things can go right. Injuries could happen to other teams, and this team is going to be solid. Whether they get bit by the injury bug or not, they're always going to be solid because of the coaching. I like this Raptors team. I think that they're a dark horse, and we talked about, you know, who is this year's Miami Heat? Who is this year that you think – you know, has large odds that could 
mess around and be a one seed. I think it's the Toronto Raptors team just because of the pedigree and because I believe in Scotty Barnes, the player. And I think that this potentially could be a, a huge leap for him going into his NBA career. Yeah, you're right. I mean, last season, this team, you mentioned that early on in the year, they were just riddled by COVID and, and a lot of guys were, you know, in and out of the lineup as well uh, for this team. And, you know, OG Ananobi last season, I think he missed a good portion of the year. He only played, I think, I believe 48 games last year yeah. uh, for this Toronto Raptors team. So, uh, you know, if they have a healthy squad, you know, for this upcoming season, you're right. I think this might be one of the more surprising teams uh, in the Eastern Conference. I think it's also getting kind of put into the shadows that this team won 48 games last year in this yeah. Eastern Conference. And you just, just look at the teams in front of them. I think that was a whole conversation last year because you had four 50-win teams. Miami has a one seed. You had Boston. You know, we talked about at volumes. Milwaukee's always in that conversation. And then with the James Harden trade uh, over from the Brooklyn Nets to the Philadelphia 76ers, teams like the, you know, the Toronto Raptors, were kind of put into the shadows, like I mentioned, and they finished, like I mentioned, 48 and 34. But Scott, let me get over to you for this Toronto Raptors team coming into this year that currently have a win total of uh, 47 and a half. I like the over. Uh, we talked about it during the offseason. I was a big fan of how the team uh, really performed despite the COVID issues and the injuries they had midseason. And you're looking at the overall roster, a lot of it's the same guys, and you kind of like that. They have cohesion. They mm -hmm. also picked up uh, off-season legend Bo Cruz. If you're a fan of uh, you know Netflix and you want to watch some shows, uh, they picked up uh, Hernan Gomez, who might end up playing a little bit during the, uh, say, bench units. I'm not sure he's actually going to play much. Did you watch that, by the way? I did. Pretty good. Heard it, heard it wasn't that bad, but the point is they ended up picking him, so they got a movie star on the team. But to look through the actual uh, roster a lot of really, really gritty players which fit the team identity. And Scotty Barnes could be the one who makes the next push to be a potential superstar. I think it's extremely just understated how good Siakam was in that second half of the year. I thought Siakam was phenomenal in the final couple months, and he really helped carry them because of how good he was offensively. But you're looking at everybody else that they have. Ananobi missed... 34 regular season games last year. He's a solid player. Gary Chen Jr., solid player. They really go down the line. They have a lot of really solid players at different positions, and they actually take pride in playing defense, which is kind mm -hmm. of a forgotten, uh, you know, a forgotten aspect of the game when it comes to team defense. And Toronto really just buys in entirely. I like the fact that Nurse is one of the best coaches in the league, and you're talking about a team that really never backs down against anybody. And they have a very solid home court because of both the fans involved and the travel because you have to go to Canada. So that's definitely a unique wrinkle there for other teams to deal with. But when it comes down to it, I like the over. I think this team, I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to win the division, but for the odds they have, I don't mind it. Yeah. But I feel like everything I watched from this team in the playoffs last year both tells me what I love about this team and what I hate about this team, because they were down 3 nothing to Philly. It looked like they were about to get their asses kicked, because Embiid hits the game-winning three-pointer on the road. And then somehow Toronto wins two straight games, and you think that Philly might pull off the first 3-0 choke job in NBA history. And on one hand, great job for Toronto for being resilient and for trying to hang around. That's what I love about them. The problem is they fell behind 3 nothing to Philly, because on paper, 
there are a lot more talented teams than them in the Eastern Conference. And I feel like that's kind of the trade-off. Do you think they need to trade for somebody if they want to make a serious push? Because last year kind of told me in a seven-game playoff series, I'm not sure this team is talented enough to fully make a deep run. And that was the concern. That one concern I do have about this team is that you kind of look after their five starters, right? Which I think, you know, we talked about it. Siakam, Barnes, Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Vliet. I mean, that that's pretty solid. But he kind of technically starts, but you know, you yeah. have some rotation stuff. There. Yeah, and then I think you take a look at their seven, eight, nine guys. It, it's Chris Boucher, it's Otto Porter Jr., and it's Malachi Flynn. I think they probably need to go out and acquire one more piece, um, maybe at that guard position, position at least off the bench um, for this team to, I think, just to have some additional depth on this team. Because, you know, we talked a lot about it last season. I mentioned this earlier is that, you know, these starters do play heavy minutes and you could, you know, it could lead to injuries as well. So if one of these guys does goes down, let's just say that it's Pascal Siakam that misses significant time. You know, that's one of your best players, if not your best player on this roster. And if you don't have it, I think a a another piece on your bench uh, to kind of take some of that pressure off of the guys like Fred Van Bleed or OG Ananobi or Scotty Barnes, uh, I think that they just need to go out and get one more piece for me because that, for me, that second unit does look a little thin here. Uh, but any thoughts on that one, uh, Terrell? I mean, they... I think that they're deeper than norm- than they've been in years past. Okay. And I'm I'm not really too concerned about it because Nick Nurse has just shown me that when the game matters, like when that when it's a game that they know for a fact they want to win, he's perfectly fine trotting out the starters the whole entire game. Mm-hmm. And I, nobody on that starting lineup is kind of giving me concern that they shouldn't be playing an entire game. So sure. we'll be I'm interested to see how how that bitch turns out as well. If they end up like really stepping up and really, really playing well then you're getting a crazy deal on this Raptors team because they were really a bench away from being a 50-win team. My concern was mostly playoff-related because in the regular season, I do think you can get by with starters who play hard, play good defense, and just a good team identity and a good core. But mine was mostly focusing on the playoffs because we've talked about the playoff aspirations for every team up to this point. I think Toronto needs another piece, mostly offensively, because I can't get past the fact that even though they made it a series, against Philly. They lost in six. I get it. Still, we know how much better of a coach Nick Nurse is than Doc Rivers. And for three games, it did not matter. And you could argue for four games because the game that they lost at home, they got run out of the building. It was a lack of talent. And I know Van Vliet was hurt in that series, and maybe if he was healthy, you can talk about how things would have changed. I'm not sure if their starters are good enough to compete to compete with the creme de la creme in the league for a seven-game series. I don't think they are good enough, but I think they're good enough to win you 50 games in a regular season. Yeah, I mean, look, I think we're all in agreement here about the over for this Toronto Raptors team. You know, I mean, look, their their starting lineup is solid. Like you mentioned, Scott, the, just the cohesion and the, the continuity between these guys, the chemistry that they've built. Over the past couple of years, you add Scotty Barnes in this on this team from last year. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a solid team. I mean, there's not much that I think I, I have anything to add for this Toronto Raptors team. I think they're just going to be a great regular season team. Like you mentioned, Scott, that they probably do, and I agree with you, that they probably do need to go out and get one more piece, um, at least for a, a playoff run if they do want to make one there. And again, when you have a solid, I think what we can agree, maybe Nick Nurse is a top three head coach in this league. 
um, you're always going to have, you're always going to, you're always going to, you're, you're going to find that success, especially when you, when you have a great head coach uh, in Nick nurse is what I'm trying to say, but anything else you guys want to mention for this Toronto Raptors team here, Scott, they just remind me of the Hawks from like the Budenhoser era. You know, I think they're going to yeah. win a bunch of games and get into a playoff series against a star talented player, not LeBron in this case, maybe Giannis, and they're going to get their ass kicked. That's kind of what I expect. And I feel like even though all my concerns about this team are rooted solely in playoff basketball, that's where I think their ceiling ends and where they're kind of where their flaws are really going to show themselves. But for the regular season, this team could win 50 games and they also might trade for somebody because we know that they also have one of the best just overall front offices in all of basketball. Toronto, anything else for the uh, Toronto Raptors? Uh, yeah, I would buy in on 13 and one to win the division. I would too. I think that number is kind of absurd, uh, especially for a team like this. Um, I think it the, should be like seven to one if yeah, I price it. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, uh, let's get over to the last team in this division. That's going to be the team that plays in Madison Square Garden in the Big Apple, the New York Knicks. Last season, this team finished up with a record of thirty-seven and forty-five. Looking at their win total. Um, it's it stayed at 39 and a half, which is a current number over on win bet division odds are 60 to one for them to make the playoffs plus 155 for them to miss the playoffs is a minus one one ninety five to get their big prize free agent. They bring in Jalen Brunson onto this team to be the starting point guard with Evan Fournier and RJ Barrett. You still have Julius Randle, and you have Mitchell Robinson on this team as well. Uh, Derek Rose will be back for this team as well. Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, and they have uh, Cam Reddish on this roster as well. Um, I feel like this is a team that we just don't know what the identity of this team is and what Tom Thibodeau wants to do with this roster because you have guys, you have veteran guys, you also have some young talent on this team here, but Scott, let me start with you on the New York Knicks. Their win total right now sitting at 39 and a half. What do you think about this team coming into this year? So even though I think Brunson's a good player, and at least the Knicks are trying to get better, which is a big step, I think I'm still leaning to the under. And it's not even their fault. They're just in such a difficult division. I feel like yeah. no matter how you slice it and what your expectations are for the Nets in particular, who have a lot of injury concern, can we all agree that the Knicks are easily the worst team in this division? Yeah, 100%. And their win yeah. totals roughly having them as a 500 team. That tells you how good the Atlantic division actually is. Yeah. It means there's a lot of difficult in-division games. And I'm not sure how many of them the Knicks are going to win. I think I just like the under because I am shocked Thibodeau's still there. And I don't know how many second-half choke jobs you needed to fire him after last year. But the issue that I run into is the fact that there's still one basketball. You have Barrett, you have Brunson, you have Randall, a lot of guys who want to shoot the basketball. And I'm not sure how the chemistry is going to work out amongst them. Not to mention the fact that Thibodeau's never been a great offensive coach. So I wonder if there's going to be growing pains there as well. But I've seen so many choke jobs, and Terrell has, and we've had a bunch of rants about it, or he has. I've mostly been laughing at the rants. But the Knicks were so bad in the second half of games last year. And they kept the yeah. exact same coaching staff. There's a lot of problems based on Thibodeau really never adapting as a head coach. He's going to tell his guys to play hard. He's not going to play the young guys. And they're not going to do well offensively at various points of the game. And for that reason, I like the under. I like the fact that Brunson is a solid player. 
who could definitely help out offensively with a scoring punch. They might have tampered in order to get him. That's a separate story. At least they got their guy. Still, I'm going with the under. I really just don't think Thibodeau is a good fit with this roster. So for me, I'm going to go with the under. Terrell, thoughts on the New York Knicks for this upcoming year? I thought you'd want to save Terrell for last because he's going to give the homer opinion. Yeah. So do you want to go next or you want to? No, I, I, I mean, look, I agree with you. I think the one thing that I was going to mention was exactly what you said, that in this division that the Knicks are the worst team, and it's – it's, it's not close. It, it's it's not. And, and, I mean, we just talked about the previous four teams between the Sixers, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, the Toronto Raptors. Um, I, I think this was one of the difficult divisions in this league, and somebody has to suffer. That is going to be the New York Knicks. You mentioned that they're doing their best trying to improve this roster. They got their guy in the offseason with Jalen Brunson. But, again, exactly what I was going to say. I was like, I'm not sure that Tom Thibodeau is the head coach for this team and this the talent that they do have, or the young talent, at least, that they do have on this roster. Another thing that defensively last year we talked about, they brought in Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker. Fournier is still back, but defensively that's going to take, that's going to you know put you back when you have those two guys. And Evan Fournier, we know, not a great defensive player, but and Walker's out of the league, so yeah. So and again, last year in this division they were six and eleven, and at home on their home floor they were seventeen and twenty four last season as well. And we talked a lot because, and I think Terrell mentioned this as well, is that when you get teams that go into Madison Square Garden, you're going to get their best players because it is the mecca of basketball, right? I mean, you're going to get the best effort from those teams, and I think that's just going to something that's just going to continue for a lot of teams that go into their their home building and, and try to win games and just put on a show when you're in the mecca of, of, of basketball arenas, I guess we can say. So I agree about the, about the under just based on the principle that this division is just so good. Don't think it's the right head coach for this team. And there's still just one basketball between Jalen Brunson, um, RJ Barrett, Evan Fournier, and Julius Randle on this roster. But Terrell, I'm going to give you the floor here for the New York Knicks, my man. All right. So the journey has started. The Knicks are behind the curve, but the journey has started. Teams are out there putting their bids in and getting ready. The Spurs said, we're not even going to wait. We're going to trade DeJounte Murray away. The Hornets just shut down LaMelo. He rolled his ankle. He's got a, a bad ankle injury. They just shut him down. The Thunder said, Chet, go play. Go play in all these other leagues and just don't come back healthy. And then they said, Shay, do what you've been doing. You've been doing that for a while. Do what you've been doing. You're, you're ready. We saw Bagley in Detroit go down. That was rough. Oh, the tankathon for Wimby is going crazy this year, and the Knicks are behind the curve. The Knicks are, they can't get good enough to be good with the good teams. They can't get bad enough to be bad with the bad teams. They just sit right there in the middle and don't enjoy being either really good or really bad. If there was ever a season where Knicks fans was like, you know what? Take it off. We're fine. We will be okay. Give us the best chance. Take the season off. And what do they do? They go collude. Collude <laughs> and do all of this shit to get fucking Jalen Brunson <laughs> for us to have the exact same record as we had last year. So, huh, the Knicks are behind the curve. Now, what I will say is they're trying. 
Evan Fournier was a did not participate because of rest in the preseason game. So they're trying. They're trying. It's not to the level of the other teams. The other teams literally got injuries in there to make sure those players stay out. Even the Bulls have put in a bid by sitting Lonzo. Like the Bulls are putting in a bid saying, hey, maybe we can start this season off terribly and then just punt it for the rest of the year. So I don't know what to think about the good. I want to say the Knicks are going to actually hit the over on the win total because they're so bad at tanking. They're so <laughs> bad at tanking that they're actually going to win games. I, I, I just don't, I don't understand. And, you know, you sit here, you think the Pacers, the Pacers are doing a good job and they got the sun to take freaking DeAndre Ayton back. So they said, yes, yes, we can tank in full force this year. Huh? I want to say under. I want to say under so bad because if I say under, that means that there's a good chance that not only do they go under, but they might go under so much that they are in the conversation for Wimby next year. I think the Knicks are going to screw me so hard (laughs) that they are going to actually be a decent team this year. And if I could bet the Knicks to go 41 and 41, I would 100% do it because that just sounds perfect. Sounds absolutely perfect for this team. Give me the over because I don't trust the Knicks to tank well enough. (laughs) We talked a lot about how we like some of these rosters. We like the head coaching of these teams. That's why we're taking overs on some of these teams in this Atlantic division. But no, Terrell's rationale is that this team is just so bad. They don't know what the hell they're doing. And they don't know how to tank properly. They're going to go play these teams. They're going to go play the Spurs and win that game. Why are you winning against the Spurs? Nobody cares. They're going to go play the Spurs and win that game. They're going to go play the Pacers and win that game. They're going to beat all of these bad teams. And those wins are going to accumulate. And I'm just going to be sitting here like, huh, once a generational talent, probably never going to happen again, you know. I know you sit here and you talk about you don't play young players, but I mean, my gosh, he's 7'4". He has handles. He can shoot. He can defend. He can do everything. All we got to do is get him on the Giannis weight training plan. And in a couple years, guess what? We have the next great MVP. But you know what? We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're going to go out here and actually try to win the championship because we believe, as New Yorkers, we believe that we have a chance. (laughs) I mean, I I just don't know. The the Knicks' worst season comes when you least expect it, and I don't think this is when people are least expecting it. I think that they're actually going to be really annoying. What is this, 39 and a half? Yeah, 39 and a half, yeah. I bet you they hit 40 and just put themselves out of playoff contention, out of victor contention, and we go out here, we get another 10th overall pick. pick. (laughs) 13th pick, 10th pick. I like 13 better because that's my number. 13th pick in the draft, and nobody fucking cares. So, you know – I, I'm just whatever, whatever it is, what it is. Knicks. <laughs> I, I do want to ask you though, Terrell, since Munaf and I kind of saw eye to eye mostly about the coaching and how we didn't think Thibodeau was the right guy for this overall no, team. He's terrible. Oh, so you, you do agree though. You think that no, they should have so, got rid so of him during the offseason? Yeah, because I mean, it's just not, this is not his style of team. Like this is a young team and we had to scratch claw and beg for Jericho Sims to get minutes at the end of the year. And then Even he comes to get more minutes. And I mean, for the first game, for Jericho Sims' first game, he has an amazing game and learns while defending Joel Embiid. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it, he He's bad. Everybody's talking about how, oh, Miles McBride looks really good. Oh, Quentin Grimes looks really good. I bet you they average 10 minutes a game, if that. I was going to say, I'd be impressed if they even really, got really 10 really minutes good. a game. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I truly, I would be very surprised if either of them three, maybe Grimes, because at this point you can't ignore Grimes anymore. But I would be very surprised if two out of the three average more than double digit minutes. They're not going to use these guys. They're going to stick with who they have. And ultimately, that's going to be really good for us against the bad teams. And it's going to be freaking terrible for us against the good teams. So they probably go over this win total just to spite me. Well, I don't know how to, I can follow that up, but uh, Terrell throwing in the towel already. Uh, oh, no, she's taking the over, but... Um, well, he's throwing throw- in the towel by taking the over. The over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I just... Everybody is preparing for this take. Like, did you see... Did you see Hassan Whiteside play defense earlier this last week? I saw him on the court. He wasn't exactly playing defense, but I saw him on the court. <laughs> he was literally just... Like, teams are prepping. Like, there is actual practices going on where we're saying all right i need you to look like that you are going to make the shot and then just airball it airball it over the backboard i gotta like, call I somebody for a be... roster spot i'm perfect for half the teams in the nba right now i'm really <laughs> i wouldn't perfect, be surprised but... and watch there's gonna be one team there's gonna be one team that we thought was going to be a good team and then they realize that victor was at the top of that draft board and they just punt the season away. No matter how good they are, they get rid of the stars, get them injured, punt the season away, and go for that number one spot. The Tankathon is going to be great this year because guess what? If you don't get Victor, you got Scoot Henderson. Yeah. So <laughs> the Tankathon is going to be amazing this year. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be fun. Well, I do want to ask, though, since you basically have them going 500, Terrell, whether or not you actually think that or you just think that they're going to burn everybody else, do you think they make the play no, I think that they're probably like one or two games away from the play-in. Still a, I think the East is up all around. So ultimately, I think that they potentially could hit this. This is going to be like, this is a very good number. I think they're around it. And I think they potentially could hit this number in like a last game scenario. But it really didn't matter because they were already, you know, eliminated from playing. But I, I don't, I don't think that this Knicks team is going to make the play-in. I think that they're one of the teams that are going to be out. And I think I talked about it in another show. I think Washington potentially is one of those teams that's going to be up. But I just think everybody else in the East got better. And the Knicks just kind of played with their food. They got better, though. I mean, I, I don't think they got, I don't think Brunson makes them better. I think Brunson just adds another level of scoring. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're a better team. Okay. And for reference, by the way, the Hornets were the 10 seed last year. They finished 43 and 39. So actually going 41 41 is about a game or two out, most likely. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, I, I, if I could bet the Knicks to be 41 and 41, I would, because that's literally the biggest fuck you. Because you no, didn't if you make could bet anything, you'd bet, you them to be, you'd bet them to be the 11 seed if you had the opportunity. Oh, I think I could actually make that bet. That's the exact I? bet you'd make. You'd bet them to be the 11. Can I make that bet? I'm, I'm sure there's conference seed bets out there. Uh, for I you think it stops at 10. Damn it. Uh, uh, anything else for the Knicks here, uh, Terrell? No, no. I... I don't think they're going to be good this year. I'll say that. I don't think they're going to be good this year. But they go over. Yeah, they go over. They're just not going to be good. Okay, cool. All right, guys. uh, That is the Atlantic Division. Let's uh, give out uh, maybe a lock and a dog uh, for this division, a win total, division odds, anything you guys want to give out. Uh, Scott, I'll start with you, my man. Uh, Lock and dog for this uh, Atlantic Division for the upcoming season. So for my lock, I think I'm going to go back to a team. I can't even call them underrated because we all like them. But I am going to go back to the Raptors, and I just really like this overall team. I think that this team is definitely 
capable of making some serious noise. I like what I've seen from the coaching staff, as long as Nurse has been there. I like what I've seen from the actual starters. I like the identity that they have, the pride in which they play defense, which is very rare in the regular season nowadays. But you're looking at the regular season number. I know it kind of ticked up a little bit during the offseason, mm-hmm. but what was the exact number again? 47 and a half. Uh, taking the over on that. Prior, it was 45 and a half, but it moved up to by two wins at 47 and a half. Yeah, I'm going with the over. I, I get that Toronto still might not be the best team in the division. They might not be the second best team in the division. Hell, they might not even be the third best team in the division if you like how Boston's going to be this season. But still, I really like this identity. I like the fact that this team won this many games despite so many players missing games last year. And Anobi missed 34. Barnes missed some games too. Van Vliet missed some games. It didn't matter. They just find a way to embrace the next man up mentality. I like this team. I think they'll win at least 48. They could potentially win 50. I'm going with the over on Toronto. I just like this team in the regular season. And we also know that they're not afraid to trade for somebody if they need to. I think they'll be active at the trade deadline. All right. And you have a dog or plus odds bet you want to give out for this division. So the dog one's going to be tricky because I'm trying to figure out, first of all, how many options I even have for. Yeah, it's not a lot. There's not a lot. Uh, That's kind of the tricky part. Yeah. Why don't you look that up in the meantime? And then uh, we'll do our locks list and then we get to some dogs if we do find it here. But uh, Terrell, uh, give me your lock for this Atlantic division. Easy. Lock Celtics under 53 and a half. I see that 53. 53 okay. and a half. Give me Celtics under 53 and a half. Easy. Dog. I have two dogs. First dog, Knicks to win between 40 and 43 games plus 280. Ooh. I'll take that. For my super dog, give me Toronto win division 13 to 1. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you with that lock. That was going to be mine. I'm taking the under in the ball. Oh, sorry, on the Boston Celtics on their win total as well. Um, I mean, 51 wins last year. They played great in the second half, but I think that there, there's. We talked about how it's the the teams at the top of this Eastern Conference are are going to be a lot better this season, right? We talked about Philly. I think Brooklyn's going to be that conversation as well. We, other other teams talked about Miami, Milwaukee. I think the Boston Celtics do take a step back, and I think they'll have a target on their back as well, being the Eastern Conference champions last year. And you're going to get the best effort from those teams as well. And again, we talked about the whole Robert Williams uh, injury. That's I think that's going to really not, I guess the word I'm looking for, not the defense is going to suffer is what I'm trying to say, especially in that front court. So yeah, I'm right there with you on the under um, for this uh, Boston Celtics team as my lock. Uh, I'm looking for my dog here as well. Scott, were you able to get one? Uh, No, I was still digging. I found one that I don't exactly love, but I do think has a decent chance of cashing. It is going to go back to, the Celtics, and I do think if you want to end up going for a slight fade here, you could look for an alternative win total. Mm-hmm. I see the under 49 and a half is plus 200. I'm going to go okay. with the under there. I think Toronto might have a better record than Boston this season, but I think 49 and a half sounds close to where it should be in my eyes, Yeah, and I'm not saying it's guaranteed to cash the under, but I like the plus 200 with Williams missing probably three to four months. Mm-hmm. So I'll go with the under 49 and a half at plus 200. I hope they win around 47. 
Yeah, I was trying to find Toronto. I'm grasping at straws. I mean, we both are. It seems like there's nothing that really jumps out, but I'll go with that. Yeah, Toronto over 49 and a half is at plus 190. If you think they were a 50-win okay. team. I was able to find a conference seeding for the Knicks here, Terrell. Um, over 10 and a half at plus 160 was the number, I believe. All right, let's add that to the dog. I mean, y'all don't have to have dogs. I got dogs for days, so yeah, yeah. Well, y'all so don't have, to have dogs. dogs. I could just, I could just well, throw more. So we could throw that plus one sixty, plus one twenty. I'm sorry. Toronto division's like the auto dog play because it's thirteen yeah. to one, and we both think it should be like seven, or we all think it should be seven yeah. to one. So that's yeah. that's a fair one to automatically throw in. But I go with the Celtics alternative win total for the under. I, I mean. You mentioned the Knicks, so 11 or worse, you said, was plus one, was it 65? 120, I'm sorry. 120? Okay. Yeah. I don't mind that. I mean, Terrell thinks they're finishing 11th, so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm almost, I can almost guarantee the 11th seed finish for the Knicks. I, I want to ask you a, something that's not available in the betting markets. You maybe could find first head coach fired. I don't think it'll be that bad. Do you think Thibodeau makes it through the season? Hmm. Um, he doesn't, have, he like the he doesn't have the championship to no he say, doesn't have anything to fall back on yeah he doesn't have the championship to say hey you can't fire me during the middle of the season like mm. so possibly you think not. he gets fired mid midseason i think it's probably it's a possibility but if i had to really put one coach maybe probably like rick carlisle of the pacers if I, I thought it was for first coach. On. I just mean in general. Oh, like just you, general. Oh, yeah. I think, think it's a possibility. Do you think you could get burned with a Knicks seating bet or something if they're bad with Thibodeau, they hire a new coach, and he actually sparks something? Is that a possibility? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, we, we've seen it happen. Because with I, the under, you want Thibodeau to keep coaching. Yeah. And is, isn't he like the president of like basketball operations or something as well, or the GM or something? I forgot speaking. the exact role, role of Leon Rose. Is Rose the president? Yeah, or he's the president. Okay, that's okay. why. All right. Okay. Well, that does it for this Atlantic Division, our last division preview before we get the season started. Um, anything else you guys want to get off your chest here, Scott, and let the people know where they can find you, my man? Should be a fun division. You know, hopefully I'm wrong and the Nets run through everybody. So we'll see what happens. But you can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Besides that, bunch of podcasts. I know Terrell and I just post the totals podcast for the NFL show. Yep. We also have the DFS preview as well as the Thursday night prop bets, et cetera, coming out at some point today. Besides that, still doing tennis, uh, still doing prop cast stuff. Uh, unfortunately, the NHL has been a bit annoying with uploading lines early at, or late at night. So we'll try to yeah. see how the scheduling works out. But on a lot of shows, a lot of content. You got baseball playoffs. You got the NFL. You got college football. A lot of great sports going on at the same time. It's a great time to be a sports fan. Let's make some money. Yes, sir. Uh, Terrell, anything else, my man? No, no, nothing from me. Tap into everybody on the network. We here, and, you know, we we back at it. Five days a week, starting next week. Season's here. You'll see me and Moon off on Monday, and it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a great season. Yeah, we'll be back uh, around later this week or maybe, yeah, we'll figure it out. But we're going to do a award show as well uh, for you guys. Give out our MVP, Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player of the Year, all the awards uh, for the upcoming NBA season as well. So definitely look out for that podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, good time to subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast. 
um, on your respective podcast players. Follow the Twitter account at SGPNNBA. A lot of great stuff going to be happening this season. And like I said, uh, we are just days away from the tip off of the NBA regular season. We'll be back in full force starting five days a week. Like Terrell mentioned next week. Good luck with your bets. Till then, let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to.